the KTSA Home Improvement Show with Martin Bamba, presented by Window World. Talk to Martin now, 210-599-5555. Now, Martin Bamba. Oh, yeah. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the KTSA Home Improvement Show. It's 906 on AM 550 KTSA, FM 1071. I'm Martin Bamba, and that is Jim Smith. And we are here to help. And don't start the whole stuttering or tongue-tied thing. Yeah. Don't start the whole thing again. Oh, man. Oh, so good to be here on a beautiful Saturday morning in San Antonio. And, uh, by the way, we don't mean to exclude anybody who's out there listening just because we're coming to you from San Antonio. Thank you to uh, all of those listening in the Coastal Bend, the Hill Country, down south and up north. We appreciate you. Every Saturday morning. Anywhere these little radio waves travel to. And, uh, of course, it's all about you, your home improvement questions. That's what the show is all about. And the phone lines are open at 210-599-5555. 210-599-5555 is the number to get in on the conversation. Uh, we would uh, welcome and appreciate all calls about home improvement this morning. Love to talk to you about that. And uh, finally, finally got my horseshoe pit completed. Cool, cool. Real quick, I just want to give a shout. If the listener that called our office yesterday is listening, I did not receive the email. I do apologize when you called the office. I was on a conference call, but um, I did not receive the email. The office was going to ask you to email me with your questions. Yeah, and and that's uh, something I do want to mention is whenever uh, you have a question off the air and you want to reach Jim or myself during the week, Please drop us an email. Don't call us at the office. Not that we don't love talking to, to to our listeners and not that we wouldn't love to talk to you. It's just that he and I are both out of the office quite a bit. We're in and out of, of, uh, of the office on a regular basis, and, and things get lost in the shuffle. When it's an email, we always return emails, and we always answer emails. So uh, please drop us an, a line, and if you want to do that uh, during the week, my email is mbomba at windowworldtx.com. That's M-B-O-M-B-A at windowworldtx.com. And Jim's is? Smith at windowworldtx.com. And mine's pretty easy. I don't think i got to spell it. No, I think it's pretty self-explanatory. Yeah, self-explanatory. I believe it is. Uh, Want to say congratulations, by the way, to Jim. Uh, this past week, Jim was promoted within our company and uh, was very, very proud to uh, to put him in the position of field operations manager. So, Window World has a brand new field operations manager. Uh, Jim has been with us now. I, I, I've lost count of the years. How many years have you been working with us now uh this this time around uh since january of 2017 yeah but before but I that took, i took a, a, a took couple of years between, off took a couple of well i went back in engineering you're right right but uh actually full time since 2010 yeah so going on 20 on 10 years yep going on 10 years and, but and of course involved in the business for a lot of years. Oh, yeah, 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 as a friend and, and, you know, coming in and helping with little things here and there over the probably the past 18, 20 years. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the the thing with Jim is he's he, like kind of like me, he's done almost everything in the business. He's in, in our business. He came in as an installer. Uh, he was an inst- installation manager for, for a while. He went into sales about a year and a half ago, two years ago, something like two years ago, I guess. Uh, Almost just completed almost the, the second second year in sales. Right, so so a couple of years in sales, and uh, so he's 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 well rounded in our business, and his experience in both the engineering field and the installation and construction field made him the perfect choice for our field operations manager. So he is uh, he is uh, over all of our installation teams. He is over our warehouse, uh, essentially everything after the order is placed and and in production. That becomes his wheelhouse, and and so uh, really great customer service skills, as as you already know from our time on the air, and uh, and and again, congratulations, Jim. Glad to have you there. Well, we're holding, we're going to hold judgment on that, whether it's congratulations or condolences. Let's see, <laughs> yeah. let's see how I come. Uh, that's a joke, folks. Absolutely, uh, joke. I take it as an honor that Martin and Debbie have the confidence in me to. To place me in this position, it's an honor for me to to that they have that confidence. So the the, the bottom line is, whenever you uh, decide to do your home improvement with Window World, whether it be siding, windows, doors, garage doors, gutters, whatever the the, the home improvement is that we're helping you with, 
Uh, Jim is is in the field making sure that our customers are happy and taking care of anything that needs to be done in in that end of our business. So uh, we really appreciate that. Grab yourself a phone line at 210-599-5555, 210-599-5555. That's the number to get in on the conversation this morning, your home improvement questions or what it's all about. Much thanks to Bob Webster for getting everything kicked off for us on this beautiful Saturday, as he does every Saturday with his his fantastic gardening show. Uh, learn so much from Bob every week. And and then, of course, Louis Sirianni follows us later on this afternoon. Mike and, and Holly Hermes are going to be doing the What's It Worth show. So lots of great programming every Saturday right here on KTSA. And, folks, it got a little cool, you know, we had a little bit of coolness. Since our last conversation, yes. We had a little bit of coolness. Folks, it's going to get cold next week. It's going to get real cold. Maintenance, maintenance, maintenance. I know I'm beating a dead horse, but I'm going to keep beating that horse. If you have not had that heating system checked, get it checked. I don't want to see or hear anything on the news of someone getting sick from carbon monoxide poisoning. Get them or checked. Or worse. Yeah. Uh, we, yeah, we, we hit this a lot during this time of year and, um, you know, home safety in the winter time is, is, uh, of utmost importance, not, not just up North. You know, we, we get kind of complacent here. We, we think, well, we're in such a mild, t- uh, climate and we are for the most part, but folks, this, this year, uh, we had a freeze that was a full month earlier than our normal first freeze. Right. Uh, we have had more cold days than I remember in October and now early November than I have have in recent memory. I mean, I'm sure that there are other years. Uh, 1917 was the earliest freeze that we've ever had in San Antonio, and it was only two days before this year's freeze. Right. So all indications are it's going to be a bitter cold winter, okay? So it's not going anywhere anytime fast. Get used to it and, and take the right precautions for your family, for your house, for your pets, for your plants, all of that good stuff. Well, and see, talking with a, a rancher friend of mine, he had told me back during the summer, beginning of summer, you know, we had a lot of good rains in the spring. Early in the year and in the spring, we had a lot of good rains. We sure did, yeah. And he said, you know, the Lord has blessed blessed me with a lot of rain. The hay has come up. I've bailed a lot of hay. But he said, in all of my years, I've found out that if the Lord blesses me with a lot of hay, I'm going to need it. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, it's liable to be a cold winter. And if, you, and if you're not a, a farmer or rancher out there, when you have a bitter, cold winter, those cows got to eat. Mm-hmm. And, uh, That's the only way they can stay warm. It, it is. It's, it's, it, it's, it's imperative. So hay is, is essential for, for the survival of those animals over the wintertime. And, you know, and, and there's, there's good and bad to, to everything. There's, there's pluses and minuses. I, I used to... I think well that's that's terrible you we have to go out and we have to feed more often when it's a cold winter when it especially when it's a cold wet winter you're out there feeding it seems like all the time uh five o'clock uh in the morning before school was not an uncommon thing for us we'd get out we'd get on the tractor we'd get the the hay and we'd go out and we'd feed before we went to school and and i used to hate that but here's the other side of that hay farmers make their living by producing hay and if you don't need hay, the price of hay drops, and their living is impacted by that. So when you have a cold winter and lots of people need hay, it makes the hay farmer smile. And this is, so and this it, is true for a bad summer also. If it's a true. drought summer and you're not getting the natural grasses growing, it was just a few years ago when I had all the horses out there. The hay prices, I mean, it was it it, it was buying hay for, to feed my horses was like buying a car. Uh, a horse is the most expensive hobby next to maybe a boat that you could probably ever own. Horses spend about 23 hours a day eating. <laughs> they that's about right. They spend about that's 23 about hours right. a day eating. My dad my dad used to make me laugh and say, "Son, get get you a car. They don't eat hay." <laughs> and I'd always laugh I said, it's kind of a dad had a lot of funny sayings, yeah. but 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 he was right, you know. <laughs> you're constantly feeding and and putting money into a horse, and let's face it, most of us ride a if if we own a horse and we're not equestrian com- competitors and we're not full time ranchers. If I owned a horse, I'd probably ride that horse once a year, yeah, maybe twice. Yeah. You talk about an expensive hobby. 
that's you know I, I don't know I, we're way off on a different subject here though but we we will talk more and you'll probably get tired of us talking about the uh about the the safety and and your your heating and air conditioning system we'll probably talk some safety um pointers on on your lighting your your Christmas tree lighting and things of that nature. We'll probably talk about that as well as we get into the show today. It's not even Thanksgiving. Leave Christmas out of this. Hey, man, I'll tell you what. There are more Christmas movies on TV right now than I've ever seen this early. In it's the... insane. It, we haven't even celebrated Turkey Day yet. It's nuts. I'm, I'm flipping through the channels, and, and, it's, and it's a Christmas movie. A few channels, Christmas movie. I'm, I'm thinking pretty soon Lifetime's just going to be... 24 7 365 christmas movies well you know it's like they they're they're completely skipping thanksgiving they're not even calling it thanksgiving anymore (laughs) it's black friday eve oh that's the other thing (laughs) black friday when did black friday start on 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 october 31st it no those are pre-black friday it's insane those are black friday doorbusters we went into best buy yesterday and i've got to get to a break i'll tell you the best buy story so far off from home improvement but hey you know until we get some phone calls and we get things going we'll talk about whatever we feel like welcome back everybody it is the ktsa home improvement show it's 9 22 on a on am 550 ktsa welcome back everybody it uh it is the ktsa home improvement show martin bomba jim smith and we are here to help. And those phone lines are open. 210-599-5555. Hadn't seen Don in here in a while. Glad to have him back there in the uh, producer's room uh, playing that great music for us. A little something from Airborne. If you don't know him, check him out. If you're an ACDC fan, you will absolutely love Airborne, I guarantee you. Another Australian uh, group of guys uh, not knocking out the good rock and roll that sometimes is hard to find these days. You can find it. You just got to dig a little deeper. Yeah, dig a little deeper fi- f- for it, and have satellite radio or our Alexa uh, or something like that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, hey, let's uh, get to those phone lines. Get things lit up right now. Two ten five nine nine fifty five fifty five. John, good morning. Welcome to the KTSa Home Improvement Show. Hey there, John. Hey, thanks, guys, appreciate you taking my call. Absolutely. Uh, hey, uh, quick question. I had uh, my windows replaced. Um, I don't know about ten years ago. And uh, and the caulking uh, for the replacement window between the window and the uh, the exterior brick, it started to produce some um, some bubbles up underneath there, like the, almost like there was air trapped up underneath. Uh, is, is is that a concern? Do I need to uh, trim those out and recaulk? Or I mean, it's just it's simply cosmetic. It doesn't seem to be that they're not leaking. Uh, yeah, water it, anyway. You know, whether you want to recaulk them, I mean. Certainly, this is the thing that, uh, and I'm glad you bring this up, because a lot of folks mistakenly think that caulk is something that never needs maintenance. And I don't care what caulk you use. And, and at Window World, we use some of the best caulk that you can buy in the entire industry. It does not matter what caulk you use or what warranty the caulk says on the tube. It doesn't. None of that matters. Uh, what matters is the climate that the caulk is being used in and, and the type of environment that it's in. And uh, any kind of caulk in our environment where we have swings from 105 degrees all the way down to the teens and sometime below uh, over the course of a year, uh, after 10, 15 years, you, you want to check all of your caulk. You definitely want to, to touch up and re-caulk where needed. It's, it's, it is a maintenance issue, not a very often maintenance issue, but it is. What it sounds like on yours, which is unusual, is this something you've just noticed recently, or is this something that's been that way for a while? It's, it's been that way for, for, the, for a while. Um, yeah, I just got time to now to address some of those things. I had noticed that just listening to your show. Well, and, and the thing is, usually when you see bubbles like that or you see shrinkage in the caulk, that's something that happens typically within just you know a, a week or so after the installation when the caulk cures and it and it and it shrinks up a little bit. All caulks have some amount of shrinkage to them, and and you'll see the bubbles show up typically at that time. It's rare that you see it show up eight ten years after the fact. What do, what do you think about that, Jim? The only thing I could think it could possibly be is just air air bubbles that have accumulated in there just over the years from being heated and cooled and heated and cooled and heated and cooled. It's the only thing I could think of. But I would definitely go ahead and just take a, a, a really sharp razor knife and slice through those little bubbles and then just run a nice smooth bead of caulk right back over the top. Okay, well, I can, I can do that easy enough. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it's really easy to re-caulk. Is it white, uh, almond? What color is your, is your caulk? Uh, it, it's kind of a tan, um, beige 
color. That's yeah, the. I know it's available at Home Depot. Yeah, if yeah, if you can find the right color, that's that's the one thing that I will caution you about. Is it, it there? There are probably twenty different shades of beige slash almond slash tan. You just right. want to make sure that you get a good um, elastomeric polyurethane caulking. Um, you don't want to go with 100% silicone. Um, it will tend to, if you try, ever try to paint it or ever try to recolor it, um, it'll tend to slough on you. Um, well, you, you can't to, paint it. Yeah, right. yeah, if you paint it, it will slough on you. You don't want to go with uh, an acrylic caulk simply because the acrylic caulk dries hard. And when it dries hard, uh, you're going to get cracks and gaps in it. Um, so you definitely want to, you definitely want to, to use a good polyurethane elastomeric caulk. Okay, I, I copied that down. Okay. All right, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. You're sure welcome, John. Thank you. Appreciate you calling this morning. Uh, phone lines are open, 210-599-5555 as we go to Helen. Helen, good morning. Welcome to the KTSA Home Improvement Show. Hello? Hi there, Helen. Good morning. How can we help you? Good morning. Uh... Well, I don't know if this is possible or not. I have in the courtyard, it's what the, uh, the, the finish, the ground finish is, I call it pebble stone. I don't, you know, it has the little rocks in it. And this, uh, this is concrete that has the, has the pebble finish? Uh, yes. Okay. Okay. Over time, there have developed a few cracks, some of them. They're not very wide. Some of them just pencil. I think that would be the largest. Is is there anything I can get to try to fill that that will blend in with the the pebble stone? To fill it, yes. To blend in with the pebble stone, not so much. Uh, okay. You're 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 always going to see that you're always going to see the crack uh, when you fill it in be, because obviously you're not going to be matching the finish that you have with that pebble finish. I love the pebble finish. I have the same issue in my driveway. I've I've got uh, a pebble finish on my driveway, and and there are cracks that have developed over the years that I I you know I've got a couple of choices i can either live with it or i can redo the driveway and 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 i i kind of just choose to live with it if it's a a large enough crack that you know you're afraid something might fall into or you you don't want to have dirt and you know getting in there and then having seeds get in there and have grass growing up through them uh there are crack fillers that you can get at any big box store for for concrete that you can fill those cracks with but it is going you're still going to see the crack i see so i just have to decide whether now whether the crack or whether I want to look at the crack or or look at the you know the filler right exactly yeah whichever one is least obtrusive and and in, in the stucco business we you know years ago we used to use a cement finished stucco and uh, and 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 the the cementaceous finish had a tendency to crack whenever you had expansion and contraction or movement. Now we use an elastomeric finish, but back in the days of the cementaceous finish, you you had to put expansion joints every so often in the house. And whenever we quit using expansion joints with the elastomeric, people would say, "Well, well, don't you need those expansion joints?" And I and 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 my answer was always, "Would you rather look at a small hairline that you really have to search to find, or would you rather look at a silver streak streak down your wall every uh, ten feet?" And and the answer is, I'd rather look at that little hairline. So that's what you have to decide is which is which is more you know annoying the the the, the crack that you have currently or the patch that you'd fix it with. Okay, and it's called what I would ask for is called crack filler. It, uh, it's it's just a concrete patch. I, no, not concrete patch. It's uh, it is uh, crack filler, groove filler, it, groove filler, groove yeah, filler, or crack it's filler. What? It's concrete groove filler or crack filler. Oh, okay, concrete groove filler. Okay, another quick question, if I may. Sure. Uh, I had to have, I live in the area where, uh, you know, the house gets, uh, it develops cracks, little cracks. I had to have the foundation repaired, and they put in like, I think, 12 piers on two sides of the house. Now, I'm noticing I have the big square tile in the kitchen and bathroom. I have noticed 
a couple of cracks in the tile. Can that be from when I had the foundation repaired? Absolutely. Absolutely. If the, uh, if the foundation had already moved a little bit before the tile was laid down, then when they uh, then when they put the slab back where it was correct, where it was correct, then it's now got pressure on the tiles. I see. Okay, so there's nothing I can do about that then. Oh no no! Uh, if they're hard surface tiles, if you can match the tile, you can go in, and there are companies that can come in and remove one cracked tile and put a new tile down. Yeah. Oh, okay. 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 Okay, that's Helen. My question. Thank you Thank much. You very much. Appreciate the call this morning. Welcome back, everybody. It is the KTSA Home Improvement Show on AM 550 KTSA FM 1071, 937. Welcome back to the show. Uh, 210-599-5555 is the number to get in on the conversation this morning. 210-599-5555. I'm Martin Bamba. That's Jim Smith. And we are here to help. And uh, let's get right back to it. Jeff, good morning. Welcome to the show. Good morning. Uh, looking for your thoughts on an undemanded water heater for a small 600-square-foot uh, mother-in-law cottage. It's new construction. Okay, so uh, our thoughts on what kind of water heater? On demand. On demand, okay. Ab- absolutely. Uh, Jim's given a thumbs up, and I give it a thumbs up, too. Um, on-demand water heaters are fantastic. Do you have uh, gas run to that uh, property? No gas, unless we brought in a propane tank. Okay, that's the only reservation that I have. Is when you do a uh, an on-demand water heater, you either need um, gas, which is the most efficient way to run one, or you have to have, or at least you used to have to have three-phase service. You uh, can do it with single phase now. Um, okay, single phase heaters out. But the only thing is, is that they draw not, a lot they, of they electricity. They draw a lot of electricity because they have to heat so rapidly. Um, the energy usage of an electric point-of-use water heater, it, it, for years it hasn't been um, hasn't been the right thing to do because you wouldn't be seeing any savings uh, versus a, a, a traditional type of uh, electric water heater. The technology has probably gotten better, and I probably need – and I will do a little more research on this to find out if the electric models, the single-phase electric models are efficient enough – to make it worth putting in an electric model now. Okay. Appreciate it. Um, and and got- there, are, there are lots of different brands out there. The one that was the innovator and, and the originator is a company called Renai. Renai. Okay. R-E-N-A-I. Renai. Yes. They were, they were the originals. The o, as the kids would say today, they's the OGs. <laughs> yeah, that's what they are. And, and but there are yeah. others, there are others out there on the market. My, my recommendation would be, to uh to to do a google search and just check out the reviews and the ratings of of two or three of them and then you know pick one that you're comfortable with okay i appreciate it you're sure welcome jeff thanks a lot for being a part of the show this morning uh it's 9 40 on am 550 ktsa fm 1071 and uh phone lines are open 210-599-5555 as we go to sandra sandra good morning welcome to the show Good morning. I have a question about retrofitted shower grab bars. Okay. Stable is a, a retrofitted one. It's all going to depend on who installed it. Um, I hate to put it that way, but uh, if they drill through the tile or through the wall surface area and they get some good anchors in the wall behind the wall, it's going to be just as stable as one that was installed at the time that the shower was built. If at all possible. And and you will notice this when you see grab bars installed in hotels and and in uh, in places like that, you'll notice that the grab bar is not uh, is not perfectly horizontal. It, it's it's installed at an angle. The reason for that is it's easier to grip. It's more ergonomically correct and 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 safer that way. But also, it's at such a length that they want to grip the stud. And if studs are set at 16 inches on center, if you if you look at that grab bar, 16 inches. Is, is where your next stud is. And the very best possible uh, installation is where you actually drill into and catch studs with that grab bar. Okay. Do you have a recommendation for a company to do that? Uh, you know what? A handyman company can do that for you. Just about any kind of handyman company could help you with that. There's a company called Handyman Matters out there uh, that, that, uh, that, that we know, and, and I think that they'd do a pretty good job for you. Um, but any kind of handyman company that has a good reputation could do a great job for you. 
Okay, well, I'm not in San Antonio. I'm in north in Bulverde. Okay. Um, I don't know if they go out to Bulverde or not, but... Um, they, they go to Lotus. I'm sure they would go to Bulverde, Morgan. I'm thinking probably yeah. so. Hand, yeah. Just, just Google Handyman Matters. Okay. Uh, the, I, I, let me correct that. Google Handyman Matters Bulverde, because then it's going to show you the closest... Uh, it's going to let you know if they come to your area. Got it. Okay. Thank you. You're sure welcome. Thank you very much. Appreciate it uh, there, Sandra. Thanks for calling. And, uh, yeah, those grab bars, there's no difference between one that's installed originally or one that's installed after the fact because both of them are installed over the tile. So it doesn't matter if it's retro or or it's during the original installation of the shower enclosure or the bath enclosure. Uh, The important thing is how it's attached and how it's anchored. And if you anchor to studs and you do it properly, it's going to be just as safe either way. Uh, let's get to Dave. Dave, good morning. Welcome to the KTSA Home Improvement Show. Hi. How are you? I am doing fantastic, Dave. How can we help you this morning? Great. Hey, I was wondering if uh, <clears throat> I bought some roll insulation, and I'm going to install it in my attic. So do I need to put it underneath uh, my existing like wires and all that stuff and then put it in between all those things in the drywall or can I just roll it over over all that stuff okay you're so you're up in the attic and how bad right. is the insulation that you have there now is it compacted nothing, is it nothing no there's nothing there there's now nothing. yes okay well then the wiring the wiring and all you can roll right over Okay. When you get to like the air conditioning duct box, yeah, there's no there's no duct box in the air in the attic. Okay, then you can roll right over the wiring. You don't have any air conditioning ducting in that attic at all. Nothing. Okay. Yes, you can go right over the top of the wiring as long as now if the wiring is uh, I I say right over the top of the wiring. That's if the wiring is laying on the sheetrock. If the wiring is up on the on top of the studs, then you want to go under it. it's, yeah, it's on top of the stud. No, then you definitely want to go under it because you want to get that insulation down on, on against the sheetrock. Okay. All but right. it's just like if, if yeah. it's wire going to a light box and it's laying down on the sheetrock, you can yeah, roll right okay. over that. But if it's like stapled yeah. up on top of the studs, you want to go yeah, under you want to tuck your insul- Yeah, you want to tuck your insulation under that. The easiest way to do that, though, is that uh, lay the roll out and then walk to or go to where the wire is at, put a slice in it, let the two sides drop down and tuck them back together. A little gap like that in the in the in the cut, uh, a little cut like that in the insulation is not going to harm the the insulating factor. Say that again. Roll your insulation out on top of the wire, right? Okay. And then follow the wire and just cut through the insulation to where it drops past the wire. Oh, okay. A small yeah, cut that's... like that, as long as you tuck the sides back together under the wire, you know, once they drop past and right. tuck them back together, a small yeah. cut like that is not going. You're not going to lose enough R factor in a small cut okay. for it to matter. Okay, that sounds wonderful. All right, All right, Dave. Thank you, guys. I do appreciate it. Yes, sir. Thanks for the call. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's a, that is a good question, you know. Um, that's one of the things that, that uh, I like and I, I know Jim likes about blown-in insulation, whether it be cellulose or fiberglass is the fact that it gets in, around, and, and all over all that stuff, and you don't right. have to worry about tucking it and lifting up wires or any of that. You just yep. blow, blow the it in. The thing you have to worry about lifting up is air conditioning ducts. You do yep. not want to cover air, any air conditioning ducts with insulation. Yeah, and, and there's no problem with covering them up during the process, but when you're done, you just want to lift them up, set them up on top of your insulation that you've, that you've blown right, in. that you've blown in. So uh, e- easier, easier, faster, and, and I, I haven't priced them both out in recent years, but I would bet you it's probably as reasonable, if not more reasonable, than the roll-down. Well, being as you can buy the the bags of the blow-in, and a lot of times if you buy enough insulation, they're going to let you use the machine. If it's a small amount, oh, of, yeah, that's if right. it's a small amount of insulation, you, you'll pay a small rental fee on the machine. Right. But if you buy enough insulation, they throw the machine rental in. That's Yeah, absolutely correct. So uh, it's, it's And it is super easy. Uh, I mean, if you have a walkable attic, you can do a insulation job in an easy weekend super easy weekend yep. uh if, if you have a really tight attic space that's a whole different story um you know and and i i you know thankfully i've never had a house that had a a really tight attic ever and i'm glad for that because they are a little more difficult to work on 
You can't put radiant barrier in them. It's difficult to put radiant barrier in them. It's difficult to insulate them a little bit. It depends on what you consider tight attic, because I've crawled in a couple of year attics that, well, that I would have called tight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm talking, you know, these older homes, that, uh, especially the ones that have the uh, the tar and gravel roofs and things like that, that have the really, I'm, I'm talking mm-hmm. a foot and a half, two oh, feet. Yeah. I've never had an attic if, like if that. that. No, you know, you've never had one of those. Yeah, welcome back, everybody. 9.54 on AM 550 KTSA FM 107.1. Don, is that uh, Rival Sons? Who is that? Ah, ha, ha, yeah. That's what I call good rock right there. Yeah, yeah, it's got that Sammy Hagar vibe, yeah. Definitely. Just, Just good, straight rock and roll. And good vocals, good musicianship, good everything. Winery Dogs. We're going to also hear some Rival Sons later on in the show today and uh, some other uh, kind of hidden gems out there that you may not listen to or may not hear. That's that's the sad part about it is is that music does not get played on mainstream rock radio at all anymore, and it deserves to be played there because there's there's really there's really nothing out there filling that void. Uh, classic rock is, of course, a huge format now, and that in itself should tell you something. If that is the music that people want to hear, and, and it's such a strong format now, why would you not want to play new versions of that same style of music? I don't get it, because it's not it's not fostering anybody coming up that should be having that chance that these other bands that, that, Don, that Don and Jim and I grew up listening to. So hopefully that changes. Uh, it's 9.56 on AM 550 KTSA FM 107.1. Uh, during the break, by the way, phone lines are open, 210-599-5555. And uh, during the break, Jim uh, was doing a little research on on these tankless water systems, uh, tankless water heating systems. Always funny to me that we say tankless hot water heater. You it's don't a tankless you don't, water. You don't, you don't really have to heat hot water because it's already been heated. It's already hot. Uh, so tankless water heaters. And w- what did you find? Uh, well, I contacted my son-in-law. My son-in-law is a plumber. Um, I contacted him. Uh, he said that if you're doing like a kitchen sink, a lavatory, and a shower, like this man was talking about in a mother-in-law suite, right? the tankless is definitely more efficient than uh, a tank-style water heater, traditional tank style. Whether it's electric or gas. Whether it's electric or gas. He said even the electric is definitely more efficient. So that kind of answers that question. Um, but he did have a few questions. His concern is if you get into more loads, you know, like you're running two or three lavatories or two or three showers, then you're going to have to go with a large enough unit that you may lose your efficiency if it's electric if it's electric okay let's say you have a a four bedroom four bath house 3200 3300 square feet pretty good size house right 3500 what what would be the cost do you think of a unit like that do you have any idea no no uh i didn't even ask any because it's been years since i priced out a tankless unit and and i'd be curious what that would i know that a gas tankless it's been a couple of years since i've seen any pricing on it but i know at one point a gas tankless for two lavatories two showers a kitchen sink um you know it's going to run your washing machine stuff like that for a gas unit the price was somewhere around 2500 um, was, was that installed? That's installed oh that's installed that's okay installed. so 2500 installed not bad considering the same thing for say a 40 gallon traditional tanked water heater would run you about $1,200 installed. Uh, 18. Uh, 18, $1,800. Yeah. So that's really not much really of a not disparity bad. at no. all. No. And, and when you're talking about the efficiency that you gain from that, and, and, and I know that people sometimes, especially do-it-yourselfers, and, and I understand because I feel the same way, you, you go to the big box store and you look at a 50-gallon Hot, uh, you know, water heater, and you look at the price on that, and then you get a price for it to be installed, and it's two and a half times that, or three times that. Seems like a lot of money. Install one sometime. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, we've hit that uh, time wall. We are at the top of the hour. We're going to take a short break. We'll be back on the other side with your phone calls at 210 599 55 on the KTSA Home Improvement Show. Welcome back, everybody, to hour number two of the KTSA Home Improvement Show. It's 10.06 on AM 550 KTSA FM 107.1. I'm Martin Bamba. That's Jim Smith. And we are here to help. 
And uh, let's see here. We've got uh, the phone lines open, 210-599-5555, 210-599-5555. And uh, coming up later on this morning, uh, about 11.05, Louis Sirianni and the KTSA Automotive Show hits the airwaves. And uh, certainly encourage you to stay tuned for that. All your uh, all your automotive questions uh, can be answered by Louis and his uh, his expert mind. He'll be happy to help you out. Uh, anytime after 11.05. But right now, it's the KTSA Home Improvement Show. Phone lines are open at 210-599-5555. 210-599-5555 is the number to get in on the conversation. Your home improvement questions are what it's all about. Uh, you know, over the last couple of weekends, I, uh, I, I've i talked about it on the show, uh, we decided that we were going to put in a horseshoe pit in our yes. backyard. And when we started looking at doing this, we decided, and if you don't play horseshoes, it's a fun. It is a fun game. It, folks, it is, folks, and that's a horseshoe pit. Yes, yes, <laughs> that's what it is. Uh, if if you uh, if you uh, did that just get, did that just wow wow that took took a little while it took a little, a minute for that to took a little while yeah. and then I realized who who said it and uh, <laughs> so. Uh, <laughs> We decided that we didn't want to just put a couple of pins in the ground and and you know and and call it call it wonderful. I know that that's you know whenever you do a makeshift horseshoe pit, you put a couple of stakes in the ground, you start pitching shoes. That's it. No, we wanted to do a professional style horseshoe pit, and and that required a little work. And but I will tell you what, the finished product, the finished product turned out so good. I am very very proud of what we did. We uh, we made uh, a couple of. Uh, you know, pits uh, out of out of uh, two by six treated. We dug down six inches, set them flush with the ground, filled in the the pit itself with sand, playground sand, and I think that we used something like eighty bags of playground sand to do this. Forty bags each. We uh, we then took four by sixes and built the sides of the pit, uh, staggering them about two feet shorter, each one as we stacked it up three high. I used landscape stakes, spikes, landscape spikes, the 10-inch spikes for landscape timbers, to spike those into the frame, and then I spiked the next one into the one below it. And then we made a backstop of two-by-sixes that went up the back about 40 inches tall to catch the, the shoes if you throw them too hard so they don't roll out and you have to chase them down or they hit somebody. And uh, all of this in total, I want to say that materials cost us about $700, and it cost us about two weekends' worth of hard work. Now, because we're in rocky soil, it took a pickaxe and about two hours each to dig these pits. So it, it was hard work digging the pits. Beyond that, it just took some carpentry skill and you know, and some measuring and cutting and and, and assembling, and uh, it took us probably a grand total of about, I'd say probably twelve to fourteen solid hours, if you put it all together to get these done. But boy, the finished product! We also built built a bench that's a permanent bench underneath an oak tree, so people can sit and watch, and you know, and, and spectators can enjoy the game. Um, we've got our beverage holders out there. We've got our score, our score um, board out there. I mean, we've we, it's all set up. You'll see. It sounds like you'll it see. Sounds like it, this is going to be a blast at the at the Winter World Christmas party. We'll pitch some but, shoes. But but future reference. If mm-hmm. you ever need sand like that again, yeah, come out to the house with a shovel, bro. That's what I should have done. That's what I should have done. But hey, bag by bag was really easy. I got. I got a little bit of sand in my backfield. Should have come out Just there. Just a little bit. I know. <laughs> I know. I told Debbie the last time we were down in Port Aransas, I said, do you think they'd mind if I just take a pickup load out of the dune? She goes, yeah, they probably might. Yeah, they'd probably say something <laughs> on that one, bro. They probably would. By the way, you can't do that. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> no. 1010 on AM 550 KTSA FM 107.1. It's the KTSA Home Improvement Show. I'm Martin Bamba. That's Jim Smith. And we are here to help. And those phone lines are open. 210-599-5555. 210-599-5555. As we go to Joe. Joe, good morning. Welcome to the show. Good morning. I have a question in regards to uh, insulation. I have uh, a converted uh, uh, garage, which I call a den now, and right behind it is a washroom, washing machine and that. Uh, I bought the house, they were stuck there already, and they had insulation, which you can see in the washroom, because it's exposed and all over that. What they did, they put a suspended ceiling in, in, the, in, the, in the room. Uh, 
uh, in the back part, in the, in the part of the washing machine, and that uh, it's exposed, and you can actually feel and see back towards the other end. The insulation is coming off. It's an old, I, I call it, uh, uh, I don't know, some, some kind of paper, and I guess the staples and the, the paper's already rotted and whatever, and that's coming off. It's just kind of dangling. How old is, how old is this house, Joe? Uh, I bought it in, it's about, yeah, I think it was built in the 50s or 55, somewhere in there. Okay, so it's not out of the question that you have rock wool insulation in there. Well, no, what he's talking about is that apparently there's no sheetrock on the ceiling in the laundry room, right? Correct. He can see the bottom of the of the insulation where it's stapled to the studs. You don't have any exactly. sheetrock in your laundry room? There's no ceiling? They put in a suspended ceiling. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. The suspended ceiling is for the, the garage park. Now, in the washroom, no, you can you can see the, the rafters up there, whatever you call them, and the paper. Now, that's coming off. I, I, I kind of pushed it up and put some uh, uh, plastic and staple that plastic up, but I want to get rid of it. Is there something better than that that I can do? It won't be so messy? Uh, the best thing you can do is go in and put sheetrock up. Uh, nail sheetrock to the studs. Put you some sheetrock up, tape it, float it, and paint it. Be done with it. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, because you've still got the insulation there. The only thing you're seeing is deterioration of the paper, which Correct. is normal. That's right. normal, and that insulation as old as it is. The main, th- the main reason to replace the insulation is if it is matted down on the top from a layer of dust or from dust getting into it that's weighing it down. Okay. If you see that, then, of course, you want to pull those rolls out and put some new insulation in. All right. But as far as insulation, is that, is that the best uh, option there with a, with a roll uh, insulation? No, blown in is, uh, my opinion, blown in is much better than rolled. Oh, okay. So, of course, I'm going to need that, uh, the sheetrock and then have it have blown in. Correct. You'll, you'll put your sheetrock right. in first, then you'll blow in your insulation. Uh, you may want to take out the existing insulation just because it's, you know, it's, well, it's, it's old. It's dusty. And, you know, it's, it's, it's 60 uh, plus years old. Right. And it's, and it's dusty and dirty and, and compressed. And it, it just, it'd be better to get it out of there, vacuum that area out, get it all nice and clean, and then start fresh again. Yeah. But what about that, por- that portion had that uh, suspended ceiling? Uh, you know, that insulation is up in between the studs there. And then, and then below that is the, the suspended ceiling. Is the suspended ceiling right against the bottom of the studs, or is there a gap there? Oh, that's a gap. That's okay, you gap. can p- actually purchase at the big box store the bat insulation that has already cut the exact same size as your ceiling tiles, whether you have a 2x2 two two ceiling tile or a 2x4 ceiling tile. And just uh, put put the uh, put a bat on top of each one of the ceiling tiles, and you're insulated. Oh, okay, all right, all righty. Well, do not use blown in on suspended ceiling. No, no, you don't it, want to do it, that. It'll weight it down and cause your your ceiling tiles to warp. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure, yeah. Um, okay, well, gentlemen, thank you so very much. I really appreciate your help. Thank you, Joe. Appreciate you calling. It's uh, ten fifteen coming up on ten fifteen, ten fourteen on AM five fifty KTSA FM one zero seven one. Welcome back, everybody. It is the KTSA Home Improvement Show. 1023 on AM 550 KTSA FM 1071. Get yourself a phone line, 210-599-5555. 210-599-5555. That's the number to get in on the conversation this morning. Your home improvement questions are what it's all about, from the roof to the foundation and everything in between. That's right, if it's electric, if it's plumbing if it's insulation if it's siding if it's windows you name it well it's on topic would love to talk to you about it um always always something home improvement going on around the bomba house so we talked a little bit about the uh talked a little bit about the uh, the horseshoe uh, pit that we put in that's that, that's in fact i think when i get home today if uh if son-in-law is there we're gonna go out and pitch uh, some shoes today i think i hope i really hope um want to talk to you a little bit about uh Holiday safety. Every year about this time, we talk about safety tips and and, uh, and, and what to look out for and how to keep your home safe. And uh, so today on the show, we certainly want to talk to you about holiday safety. And uh, this is from uh, NSC.org. That's the National Safety Council.org. And uh, we're going to talk to you about that and, and tell you more about those, those things and the, the things that you can do. Uh, to decorate safely and you know to keep your home safe during the holiday season uh, always something very important there are all kinds of you, you you know you have children around your house that you don't normally have around your house 
Yes. Maybe you're not used to that. Maybe your home is not childproof and there are things that you need to look out for. There's a whole lot of stuff that can happen during the holiday season, and we want you to, to be safe. We're going to talk to you about that. Maybe those those kids that came over with the distant relatives, maybe they're real curtain climbers. Could be. Could be. Ankle biters and curtain climbers. Yep, yep. Yeah, Tricycle could. motors. <laughs> Yeah, we'll talk about that, too. We're going to talk about that here in a little bit uh, coming up next segment. But right now, we want to talk to you, uh, to you your calls, 210-599-5555, as we go to Ann. Ann, good morning. Welcome to the KTSA Home Improvement Show. Oh, thank you. Good morning. I have a septic tank question. Can, are you all answering this kind of That thing? is the one thing we can't answer. I'm it's, sorry, Ann. It, 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 oh. it, actually, it actually sounds like you might have a smelly problem. No, I don't have a problem. I have a no, ma'am. We can, we'd be happy to help you. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm curious. Someone told me that Ridex is, you're not supposed to put it in your septic tank. And then someone said, oh, no, you're supposed to be putting Clorox in your septic tank. Oh, no. Oh, whoa. Wait a oh, minute. No. Yeah, yeah. Whoever told you the Clorox uh, thing, uh, I'm not going to say that they don't know what they're talking about. But, but they don't know what they're, they don't talking, know what they're about. talking about. <laughs> no. Right. That's what I thought. Uh, you, killing bacteria. The you're last killing thing, the bacteria. The last <laughs> thing you want to do is put Clorox in your septic tank. Ridex. I do. I'm on a septic system, and we do Ridex in each toilet once a month. Okay. Okay. So it's a good deal. Then. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, and and, and and incidentally, it's not. It doesn't matter if you put it in each toilet once a month. I make make you feel better to do. I that. I do it to keep to try to keep the lines clear. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, okay. but it does its work in the septic tank. Right. So if you dump all of it into one toilet, that's fine. That's fine. As long okay. as it gets into the tank and you're doing it once a month, that is optimum. And I actually. Here's what I did, and I I got on um, I got on Amazon, and I got on a recurring shipment of Ridex, mm-hmm. so it oh. reminds me, and I never have to worry about thinking about it. it. When it comes in, I know it's time to treat. That's it. And just keep in mind that like that's the reason that they typically never put your water your washing machine water into the septic system. If you're on a septic system, 95% of the homes I've ever seen on a septic system... Gray water goes out. The gray water, uh, there was a line that went out in the, in the, of the house, and they watered the yard with their washing machine Green Greenest part of the yard. Yep. Right. Um, the chlorine. The Clorox, okay. the, the soaps, and everything else in your, in your laundry water will kill a septic system. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. You're sure yeah. welcome, man. Thank you. Okay. We appreciate Bye-bye. you. Yeah, definitely Bleach don't. In a, in a septic tank. Ooh. Oh, I don't know where they came up with that. So, somebody obviously thinking, well, keep it clean because bleach cleans. Mm. Folks, your septic system operates on bacteria. It is a living thing. It's, it, yeah. it relies on bacteria to de- to break down and decompose the solid waste material that goes in, and that's how it becomes liquid and goes out into the through the drain field. If you kill that bacteria, you're going to be pumping your septic system, and that's expensive. Yeah, you don't want to do that more often than you have to. Right. Um, yeah, and and Ridex is really that's maybe there are other um, activators out I'm there. I'm sure there are other micro, microbial activators out there, but Ridex is just they. That's they, the one that everybody knows, and they kind of own the market on it. They, they do, and and it is a good product, and you can get it in either liquid or you can get it in powder. The the one that we use is powder, and I, I don't know what you'd 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 compare it to, but maybe finely ground newspaper is kind of what it it's resembles. Li- but it's a live enzyme, is what it, it is. It is, yeah. Uh, but but if liquid is easier for you, you can get it in bottles. If if not, you get it in bags or boxes, and and you just pour in a certain amount, and don't worry about it. Yeah, you're going to have a a healthy, well uh, operating septic system if you take care of it. If you don't, as Jim said, you'll be pumping it out prematurely, and you don't want to have to do that. Uh, let's get right back to the phone lines. Uh, try to get one more in here before the break. Matt, good morning. Welcome to the KTSA Home Improvement Show. Yes, sir. How are you today? Fantastic, Matt. How can we help you? Uh, just touching base with you regarding the uh, bleach in a septic Yes, system. yes. Uh, the uh, aerobic systems do require bleach on the pump side. On the pump side? Only on the pump side. On the though. pump side. Yes. But, but not... <laughs> Not in the system itself. I mean, an aerobic system is a very different animal than a, than a traditional septic system. We, we also should talk about that a little bit. Yeah, we should. Yes, it's, but it, it incorporates, of course, you've got your, your live side. You've got your live side. You've got your septic side. And then you have your pump system. Correct. The pump. But, but if you're not, you do need to treat uh, in the tank, depending on the system. So just to clarify a little bit. Um, bleach uh, is required on the pump side on a lot of aerobic systems. 
Right, but if you have a if you have a traditional septic system, the last thing you want to do is dump bleach down your toilet. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, but even with an aerobic system, you don't want to dump the bleach down the toilet. No. 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 You still need exactly. To keep, you still need to keep the the, the tank. Culture the, side the culture tank has to still stay right. active. Correct. Exactly. Exactly. Just to clarify. Oh that, yeah. Yeah. No. No. That's. They, they, no, I, I appreciate that because I didn't even think about the aerobic systems, and, and, and I've never actually had an aerobic system. I've always had traditional septic systems, but you're right. On the, on the aerobic side, I, I agree, um, we'd, but, uh, but just not to be confused, that's on the pump side only. Exactly, exactly. And you've got to look at uh, what your system requires, but just to clarify, because uh, if not, you'll get a, a, you know, a pretty bad smell on the pump side of the aerobic. But a lot of people in the hill country have aerobic, and they do have to treat with bleach on the pump side, not the, uh, not the tank side. Well, and I can tell you, in our neighborhood, uh, I think that there are some aerobic systems in our neighborhood because there, there are times whenever you will get that smell, and it will permeate the entire block. Um, uh, they're, not, they're not treating. That's what it's... That's what it smells like. <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, yeah, there's uh, – and, and here's, here's another uh, – probably the best thing that you said, Matt, is, is look at what your system requires. And if you have questions about it, get in touch with the folks that put your septic system in or, or maybe a, a good uh, septic company. Uh, Van Delden is the one that, that we use. So. Very good. Just thought I'd uh, uh, call in and, and clarify a little bit. Well, I appreciate that very much. Yes, yes thank you very much. much. We appreciate you being a part of the show this morning, Matt. Thank you. Sure. Yeah, have a good Saturday. You as well. All right. Good morning. Welcome back, everybody. You're just joining us. You're late. <laughs> Real late. Better have your tardy slip. That's all I'm saying. Yep. It's 1037 on AM 550 KTSA FM 107.1. Welcome to the show. It's, uh, thank you to those who join us every weekend. We so appreciate you being here and being a part of our show and letting us be a part of your life every Saturday morning. Uh, Martin Bamba, Jim Smith. And we are here to help. And uh, we're going to get right to those phone lines, uh, your calls and your questions. Uh, Gail and Ingrid, you're coming right up. But Thomas, you're up next on the KTSA Home Improvement Show. Good morning, Martin and Jim. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing good, man. It's I'm all muddy here. I got mud from my head to the toe. I'm crawling around this AC unit trying to find the HSPH. On the I thought it'd be on the tag, but I looked till I was bug eyed and, and with a flashlight and everything nope. else. And uh, nope. Did you get the model number and serial number off of it? Yeah, I've got that. Well, I'm trying. I'm filling out this rebate. Right, yeah, right. What you need to do is, uh, who who installed the system for you? It was a private uh, contractor. <laughs> Good guy too. I really, really liked the guy. I really, uh, really uh, did me right on this thing. And what brand is your system? Though. Excuse me. What brand is your system? It's a Goodman sixteen seer. Okay, you want to go to the Ashray website. A S H R E or R A E or R E A Ashray. Okay. Uh, a A. Uh, let me let me see if I can find this. Um, drop me an email, J Smith at windowworldtx.com, and I will walk you through finding all of that information. There's a few websites you can go to that will match it by model number and serial number, and give you the Ashray standards and the the HSPFs. The SEER ratings, the EER ratings. The thing I need is that one thing. Right. Okay, the, the, uh, the website is ashrae.org. Yep, ASHRAE. ASHRAE.org. A-S-H-R-A-D-A-E. A-E. That's the American Society of Heating, Refrigeration, and Air Conditioning. Okay, I got that. A-S-H-R-E-D. No, 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 no. R-E-D. No. A-S-H. Alpha Sam. Hotel. Hotel, thank you. Military. Romeo Alpha Echo. There we go. Okay, I got Ashray. 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 Okay. I got that. All right. And all you do is just, you'll go to, on there, do a search for... Um, for uh, ASHRAE numbers, um, it'll give you your certification numbers and type in the model number and the serial number 
of what you have, and it will come back and tell you what your HSPF is, what your SEER is, what your EER is. It'll tell you all of that. Wow, great. Have y'all have y'all have, have you had good luck with it with the city on this, or it just? Uh, oh yes, sir. When I was doing the when I was doing the uh, the air conditioning and heating, um, I had wonderful luck with the city. Um, the only yeah. thing that you're going to have to keep in mind is that you said it was a private individual that did it. No, no, no. He's a contractor. No, okay, okay. Because that that form is going to require a, a state license number for you to get your rebate. Well, I got that all. I got everything awesome. except this one thing here, and I, I I got most of it off the tag, you know, but. Right. Okay. Right. So I, I want to share one thing with you guys because I, I pretty much know. I think you'll appreciate this. When you get a chance, uh, just Google Mark Robinson in Greensboro, North Carolina. He's an independent businessman. I think he's a furniture maker. Now I think you'll enjoy listening to this guy, though. Mark mm-hmm. Robinson. Mark Robinson. Yeah, Mark Robinson, Greensboro, North Carolina, and this guy is stout. <laughs> okay, does he do a he's podcast or what does he do? He's going before the city council, and man, he, he puts these people in shock. I tell you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, I'm writing it down right now. Sounds like it'd be worth listening to. He's a big guy. He's about six foot fourteen. You know, weighs about three hundred pounds, and he's walking up there, and the, the mayor is looking at him like, "Oh man, this guy's going to back us up," you know, for. <laughs> He puts him in shock almost when he gets through with him. All right. Well, we'll check it out. Hey, Thomas, thanks a lot, man. Well, thank you for being there. appreciate yeah, it. Yes, sir. Thank you for listening, as always. I know Thomas is a long-time listener. Uh, let's get to Gail. Gail, good morning. Welcome to the KTSA Home Improvement Show. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Sure. How can we help you? Um, I have a, We have a hot water heater that's been turned off for a few months. And I understand that probably wasn't a good thing to do, but um, in turning it back on, I've been told it's probably going to have like a moldy smell and because probably mold has has grown inside the hot water heater. And so I wanted to check and see is there something, if that happens, is there something I can put in the hot water tank to uh to kill that build up absolutely not anything that you put in there you're going to drink um keep that in mind that the the hot water this is what you use for cooking it's uh you might use it to mix up a pitcher of tea uh might use it to make coffee um i've never heard of a moldy smell or anything from a hot water heater being turned off uh okay because a water heater is should stay full of water the fear with turning them off is that when you turn it back on, it's going to take forever for it to heat that entire tank back up. It's going to use more electricity to heat that whole tank back up than it would have used just to maintain it. Well, this this hot water in this building is seldom ever used. I mean, so it's been off for months, and no one's even needed to use it for like five months. So, um, so but coming with the holidays, we're you know, we'll turn it back on because we'll be using the facility um, and the hot water. So I think you'll um, be fine by turning it on. Make sure that is it electric or gas? Electric. Okay, turn it back on. Um, give it a few minutes to heat up, maybe 30 minutes. Turn on a hot water faucet. Make sure it's heating, that you're getting good warm water. And then turn on each faucet in turn and just flush it for five minutes at each faucet. You should be fine. Okay, great. All right. I thank you so much. Thank you, Gail. Thank you, ma'am. We appreciate you. Uh, Let's get to Ingrid. Ingrid, you're up next on the KTSA Home Improvement Show. Hello. Hi, Ingrid. How can we help you this morning? Good morning. I got a big problem and don't know where to start. We listen to you just about every Saturday, and you have just marvelous ideas. Our front windows, they are facing north. It's a set of three windows. The windows are okay, but the sheetrock and around it, somewhere water comes in. When it rains and the wind blows from the northeast, and it, uh, it leaks above the window, not the window itself, but the sheetrock above the but window. But around the perimeter of the window, yes, ma'am. Correct. Have you, have you gotten out or had someone get out and check the caulking and the sealant around the perimeter of the window? We had... All the windows of the whole house, it's a two-story house, we had them all resealed inside and out. A year ago, we had a new roof put on, and 
it didn't take care of the problem. So every time it rains and the wind blows like crazy, it comes from the northeast, even if it comes from all directions. And these are second-story windows? No, they are downstairs. They're downstairs, okay. Okay, they're downstairs, but are there windows directly above them? Yeah, there are windows directly above them, too. You could, it could be those windows that are leaking. And then running down the wall and presenting itself on the, on on the, the first-floor floor windows. windows. How, old are, how old are the windows that you currently have in the house? Uh, the house was we built the house in 97 well then your, your your windows are something you may want to look at 22 years old they're 22 year old windows you may want to look at replacing the windows but i i don't know that the window necessarily is your issue here uh in, not we had a lady come out from the new world okay we called because of your ah yes okay uh, you know what i uh, was it hillary who came out to see you no it wasn't. leah maybe yeah. Okay. Uh, I remember talking about this because we, we talked about this issue, and, and, and she came in and spoke to me about it. And do you, what is the exterior of your home? Is it brick? Refresh my brick. memory. It is yeah, brick. brick. Do yeah. you have weep holes in your brick above those windows? Uh, yeah, it looks like there's no, I guess, no mortar in it. Ta- yes, those are weep holes. Take a okay. look. Here's, here's what I found in, an, in another homeowner's house that had large weep holes, I mean larger than normal. A normal weep hole is going to be about an inch, inch and a quarter in height. That's it. This He, he had two and a half, three inch weep holes directly above this window. That's and it was, what it looks like. And, and it was easy to see that in a driving rain from that side, water could be pushed into those weep holes, and then, of course, it would run in and run down and then present itself around the window. Um, that could be your issue. I'm not saying that is your issue, but that could be your issue. Mm-hmm. And the other issue might be, uh, is this a relatively recent issue that you've had? No, to tell you the truth, we've been dealing with that for, I would say, around five years, and we don't know what to turn okay. to, and my husband is a little bit of a procrastinator. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm tired of putting plastic and towels down. The only other thing that I can think of is that you might have a breach in your vapor barrier behind your brick somewhere in the vicinity of that, of, of that it has, window. Uh, Maybe two years ago, it kind of seemed to run along the ceiling, into like into the house, uh-huh. in the, you know, towards the kitchen from the front living room. That's where those windows are, and uh, that's why we had everything resealed. Uh, you're going to need to get a leak uh, a leak detection expert out there to take a look and and track this down because it, that, this one is a head scratcher for sure. <laughs> Yeah, Another but thing who do is, I turn to and and uh, do I need to wait till it rains? Well, no, not necessarily. You could actually. Um, I mean, one thing: if this were my home, I'm, I may be a little more mechanical than a lot of folks. If this were my home, I would go in and cut a section of sheetrock out of the ceiling above those windows, directly above those windows. Cut a section of sheetrock out to the corner mm-hmm. of the wall and cut the sheetrock completely out above the windows. So that all my studs were exposed. And then I would pull the insulation out of the wall. I'd get outside with a water hose and just soak that entire facing on the house. With somebody somebody watching inside to see where the water's coming from. I went over to Siddeley and told them what my problem was. And uh, they had recommended somebody and we called them. And that's what they did. They went out up there with a ladder in the corner where they thought it might come in. And went up there with the holes and turned it on full blast. And sure enough, it came out by the windows. Okay. Well, then they found where the water's coming from. Uh, yeah, but they didn't know what to do about it. <laughs> okay. Oh, Lord. All right. All right. Is this on the roof or is it on a wall surface area? It was under the roof in a corner. And like I said, we a year ago, we had a new roof put on since the house is more than 20 years old. And, uh, but it did not take care of the problem. But you had this problem done before the roof was put on. You had this problem. Yes. Um, wow. Um, so they identified yeah. where it was coming in at and they didn't do anything about it. Well, they didn't know what to do. It wasn't the, oh, I think the name of the place was Windco, if I remember correctly. But that was not their expertise. Okay. Expertise was yeah, interesting. I, I, yeah, I, I um yeah wow um <laughs> the to, well to to 
to be able to identify where the leak's coming from and then say, well, but we can't do anything about it, that, that doesn't that doesn't compute with me. Well, he was not sure that that was the problem, if there was any other problem, you know, in a company. Look up, look up a company, Ingrid, look up a company called uh, Leak Busters, L-E-A-K Busters, B-U-S-T-E-R-S, Leak Busters. Mm-hmm. Is that uh, one word or two? Two words. Give okay. them a call. They may not do um, rain intr- intrusion leaks, but they'll point you in the right direction to get somebody out there that can point out where it's and can find where it's coming from and that can get you some help with it. They'll know where to start. Do you have a phone number? Uh, no, ma'am. I sure don't. Not right here in front of me. But that's what they're called, leak busters. Leak busters. Yes, ma'am. Okay. All righty. No idea how much I appreciate it. Yes, ma'am. And thank you so much for, for thinking of us and calling us. And if we can help you with those windows in the future, Ingrid, please let us know, okay? Thanks. I love your program. Thank you very much. I love you guys. Too. Well, thank you so much. We love our listeners. Thank you, Ingrid. Yeah, this is one of those guys, Don, that had a massive hit with this song and then poof. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Martin Briley. But I remember his name. Even on one song, I remember the guy's name. I just, man, I loved this song back in the day. I still love it. Welcome back, everybody. It's KTSA Home Improvement Show. Lisa has been hanging on a long time. Let's get right to her. Lisa, good morning. Welcome to the KTSA Home Improvement Show. Hi, Lisa. Hi, Martin. How are you? I'm outstanding. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing great. Um, I have a question for you. Yes, ma'am. Uh, you were talking about septic systems. What about when, like I live in the hill country and I have really hard water, even though I have a softener, you know, it stains my toilets and I have to use bleach to clean my toilets as well as like CLR for rust. And it never dawned on me that that stuff's going into the septic system. Yeah, it is, and and there are better ways to to handle that. Uh, there are better ways to handle that, but the chemicals can get much more expensive. Yeah. So, but here's the deal: if you're going to use that, if you're cleaning your toilets with bleach or with chlorine products, um, and you're using CL, CLR in your showers and all, you can still do that on a septic system, but just actually just treat it a little more often with Ridex rather than just doing it on a quarterly basis or. You definitely, at that point, want to definitely treat every month with the with the Ridex. There's no way you're going to stop all of the chlorine products from going into a septic system. It just can't happen. It's impossible. Yeah, it really is. Um, but I wouldn't say stop cleaning your toilets or stop or stop using your CLR. I would just say maybe treat a little more often with the Ridex than you than you have been. Yeah, and there, there's another thing that came out. You've you've heard of the magic uh, the magic sponge, the Mister Clean magic, magic sponge, eraser. magic eraser. You know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. They, yeah, that yeah. white thing. Right. They, I think that they have one now on a wand for your toilet bowl. I think oh, okay. that they actually have one of those now that would help tremendously with your rust and, and other stains in your toilet bowl. Okay. Okay. And those I'll things really that. do work. I've, I've used those on, on all kinds of countertops and other surfaces, and those things do work. Window frames. Window fr- <laughs> oh, yeah. On window frames, they work great. Yep. They do. Um, okay. But but yeah, don't don't uh, fret too much about the you know the little bit that you're going to have to use. Just double up on your Ridex, and I think that you'll be fine. Perfect. Okay. Second question: When I first moved into this home, um, the first time it rained really hard, I woke up to sewer smell in the house, um, and that still happens occasionally. I call. Lisa, I am I am so sorry, Lisa. We are up against the end of the show. I, I apologize, but I know if anybody understands that, you do. So <laughs> uh, we will we will try to answer that for you next week. Be listening. I know you will. You too, everybody. Thank you for being a part of our show. Louis Siriani and the KTSA Automotive Show is coming up next right here on AM 550 KTSA.